Oh, okay. <laughs> You're listening, listening to Hold That Thought. From Arts and Sciences at Washington University in St. Louis. Thank you for listening to Hold That Thought. I'm Claire Navarro. In this week's podcast, we're continuing our series on the human brain. My guests are graduate students Dove Lorman Sinkoff and Tyler Schlickenmeyer. In addition to their own neuroscience research, Dove and Tyler are part of a group of graduate students who partner with the St. Louis Science Center to put on an event called the Amazing Brain Carnival. What's a brain carnival, you ask? Let's find out. So what is the Brain Carnival? How did it get started? And what what is it trying to accomplish? So the Brain Carnival happens at the St. Louis Science Center as part of either Health Fest in the fall or Neuro Day in the spring. And you walk into this room and it's got a brain, or it's got a carnival theme. So the standard like red and white stripes and everything. And you walk in and the first thing that you see is a table where there are several human brain specimens. And there are grad students there who will walk you through the different brain systems, how does your brain work, how does your brain process sensory modalities. You can actually pick up and touch the brain, um, really giving people the opportunity to interact and sort of handle this amazing organ that so many people, I mean, we all have one, it's just how often do you actually get to see one and touch one. Um, And then sort of around the periphery of the room, there are tables where there is a grad student at each table who has some sort of demonstration of his or her work in a way that is approachable and uh, understandable by people from as sort of as young as three through 80. And so we talk about things like sensory phenomena. We talk about uh, how things like stroke work, uh, why it's important to wear a helmet. I'm sure there are others. I'm forgetting them at the moment. Um, Tyler, you actually gave one of these presentations. What, what were you trying to show these kids and adults about the brain? So um, I was demonstrating uh, something called the rubber hand illusion where uh, we basically sit the person down and we block their view of their arm and we place a rubber hand right in front of them. And then basically what I do is I, I brush, take, I take a paintbrush and I brush the rubber hand and their hand at the same time. And then their brain basically gets confused by the sensory information and they basically feel like the rubber hand sitting in front of them is their own hand. And so it's just, it's just a really cool little demonstration that, you know, someone can kind of personally feel how um, somebody with a fully integrated kind of prosthetic limb, which is where my research is, might kind of feel like a fake hand is actually their own hand. That was actually what I was going to ask. How does this relate to your own research? You said you work with prosthetics? Yeah, so um, our lab does um, sensory prosthetic research. Basically, we're working on a project where we can take electrodes and put them in the peripheral nerves and kind of electrically stimulate the nerve and hopefully transmit touch information to the brain. The trick is just getting the right stimulation patterns to you know, get a proper touch sensation. We're still learning about a lot of the mechanisms behind that. But yeah, you know, this demonstration is kind of just, you know, a little peek into the in, into the mechanisms behind all of this sensory integration that's happening from all kinds of different sources, like your eyes and, and your, your touch sensations and all of that kind of stuff. So 
What was exciting for both of you about being able to share your research or just excitement about the brain in general with a bunch of people who probably don't think about it that much? Uh, for me, I think it's it's a really good way of staying in touch with the public and always sort of putting into focus for yourself, why is it that I'm in this program? Why am I doing these studies? How can I explain things better? How can I be able to really you know, take what I've learned as a student and bring it to people who may not have had the same opportunities to learn that I have and really sharing this information and this excitement. For me, like it's so much fun to see that spark moment when a kid or an adult or someone just gets it. You can it's really a an instantaneous moment. You just see that light go off. Uh, and you can do it when you're like correcting misconceptions about the brain or teaching about function or showing some sort of effect like Tyler's effect or some of the others. One of the things about public outreach, too, is that a lot of people don't give themselves enough credit when it comes to learning about science and neuroscience. You know, they, they immediately kind of go, oh, like, that's too complicated for me. Like, I don't like you guys are smart. You guys deal with that. But like engaging people and talking to them about, you know, your demonstration and how that ties into your research and people realize like, oh, like, you know, this kind of makes sense. You know, science should be for everybody, and I think everybody should have at least a, a basic level of, of understanding, and it's good to, to get that out there, you know, to raise awareness about, you know, about injuries and what kinds of problems we're working on, and people can be realistic about expectations and all that kind of stuff, so. You mentioned that some people came in with uh, misconceptions about the brain. What sort of facts about the brain or misconceptions do you want to correct when you're yeah. talking to people? There's some sort of classic misconceptions that exist. So like one of the, the biggies is the whole left brain versus right brain. Right brain is creative. Left brain is, what do people say, logical. It's just not true. It's nowhere near that really? simple. Yeah, there are certain functions that are localized to one side or the other, but it's, it's bunk. So what's one thing, or there's probably lots of things, but try to say one thing that you still want to know about the brain, like what, what still continues to fascinate you? For me, so I could talk about my research, but I think sort of even more broader than that is at least in terms of like developmental processes, there is so much that's going on in order to go from single cell to fully functioning human that... There are so many steps where things can go wrong, and yet for the most part, this system seems to be so incredibly resilient and creates so much diversity of experience for each individual. So how on earth that happens in this like very systematic way would be, I, I mean, I think it's just incredibly fascinating and powerful. Will I think we ever totally understand it? I doubt it. Maybe. I don't want to make a prediction, but... Just learning how development works is is fascinating. What about you, Tyler? Do you think people will ever understand everything about the brain? Um, I don't see why not. I mean, humans are pretty smart, and hopefully we have a long, bright future ahead of us. But um, I, I don't think there's anything necessarily intrinsic about the brain that you know we can never understand everything. I think it's important to have realistic expectations about, about what that might mean in our lifetime. But the brain is remarkably powerful and, and it's always changing and there's a lot of unexplored territory for sure. And I think 
I think we'll definitely see a lot of advancement. Yeah, I think that's one of the things that's so exciting about being in brain-related research these days is that we're really starting to get the tools to be able to ask questions that allow us to answer these questions about function. I mean, until recently, we didn't have the ability to ethically implant electrodes or to study someone in an MRI scanner or really ask these questions about what is the brain doing in these different situations. And we're starting. We're nowhere near full development, but we, we're, we're in the era of having the tools. Maybe one of the kids that you inspired at the Brain Carnival will continue the journey. And that's, and that's definitely one of our goals. We want to get kids excited about science at a young age and so that they can have that same sort of spark moment that pushes them to do better in school, to choose to go into a STEM, science, technology, engineering, and math-related field, because we have so few kids doing that these days. So hopefully this can sort of spark something, get them excited about it. And I think most of us at this stage, too, can can look back on our lives and, and think of, uh, you know, if not one or two moments, like one or two people in our lives that kind of, uh, you know, tried to push us farther in our thinking and, and spark that curiosity yeah. as a scientist. I'm thinking of uh, a math teacher I had many, many, many years ago who I've actually kind of lost contact with, but she's one of those people for whom I would love to write a letter saying, thank you for pushing me because now I'm doing X, Y, and Z. Thank you to Dove Lerman-Sinkoff and Tyler Schlickenmeyer for joining Hold That Thought. For many more ideas to explore, including more about neuroscience outreach efforts at Washington University in St. Louis, check us out online at holdthatthought.wustl.edu. You can also subscribe to our weekly podcasts on iTunes, Stitcher, PRX, or SoundCloud. Thanks so much for listening.